Welcome to Consilience. Today is January 9th, 2013, and I'm Owen Swart. Joining me today are Patrick Till. Hello, listeners. And Chris Sham. Ahoy! All right. Well, uh, this is our first episode for the new year. We, we did hope to get uh, Angela on the show with us this week, uh, but we uh, we tried to use the magic that is Skype, and Jesus titty fucking Christ was that impossible. Um, so that did not work at all, and uh, so it's just the three of us. Um, so we're just gonna we're just gonna soldier on and do it, and we're gonna start doing it by teaching Angela to appreciate history. So on this day in 1839, the daguerreotype photography was announced. Yay! Awesome. Announced to who? Oh, like all the world. Uh, announced to the world. Photography. Oh, <laughs> South Sweden, that is pornography <laughs> earlier. Uh, I, I think it's probably safe to assume that within five minutes of the new photography technology being announced, there was pornography being produced. Actually, the Wikipedia page does say that among the early uses <laughs> was, was uh, nude stills or whatever it's called. <laughs> uh, I didn't read that far down, but that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. <laughs> so so uh, for, for listeners who don't know what daguerreotype photography is, it was a, an early, uh, w- w- was really the first commercially successful way of taking permanent photographs. So the way it worked was instead of using a piece of paper or a digital camera like we do today, um, they would use a copper plate that was coated in a very thin layer of silver. And that would be exposed to light using a, a, a camera obscura. And that would produce an image that could only just kind of be seen if you held it up to the light and looked at it at a certain angle and you could see the image. Um, so it pretty much sucked. So when, uh, when, when superior technology came along a few decades uh, later, it was quickly replaced by uh, the, the, the more familiar paper-based uh, imagery that we know. But it was based on the same basic idea. The, the idea is that... Uh, that when silver oxi- when silver is exposed to light, it oxidizes and turns black, um, and that's uh, that's basically how photography works. And then today we have Instagram, so yeah, um, it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah. no, the, the 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 chemistry behind it's quite interesting. And, yes, it is. And I don't actually know it very well myself, but uh, when I was you know um, first learning to to be a science teacher, one of my um, mentor type guys. Um, would would um, basically demonstrate to us um, how to do that sort of thing. I think he was using uh, silver iodide. Sounds about right. And you could tell instantly who he'd been working with because everyone would come away with black fingers. <laughs> um, awesome. And and I don't I don't actually I, he never demonstrated it to me, so I don't mm. really learn it very well. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's something to do with um, what kind of a bond the molecules have and things like yes, that. Yes, exactly. So there's, there's lots of things you can demonstrate with. Yeah. Indeed, in fact, we're, we're sitting in my father's photographic studio and recording this episode, and I'm looking at his shelves full of stuff, and I, I could swear there's a daguerreotype photograph somewhere on that shelf, but I'm not going to go digging and find it. Yeah, it'll um, be a little, little bit hard to show to the audience. It would be hard to show to the audience. So I, I'll tell you what, audience, here it is. I'm holding it in my hand, <laughs> and if you hold it at just the right angle, oh, there it is. You That's can disgusting. See, it's a sailboat. And <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, I can looking on the Wikipedia page here, and what I'm seeing is um, uh, the first authenticated image of Abraham Lincoln. Yes, yeah. Um, though I do not see any vampire stakes or anything in the picture as well. So well, well maybe not, they came well, later. Not every photograph of Abraham Lincoln would have had vampires in it, obviously. Oh, okay. Because yeah, oh, like, you can't take pictures of vampires. Well, that's true. That's true. And the steaks and stuff, I mean, if you look at that picture, it's just him kind of sitting there. He probably would have put his bag of steaks on the floor next to him. 
Or possibly what he was going to do was, was break up the chair he's sitting on and you know, use the legs as sticks. That's, that's also possible. His yes. hand looks a little bit close to that, so I think you could perhaps write. Yeah, so, uh, so Dekura-type photography is uh, awesome. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's 100 and something years old today. All right, well, let's move on to our next segment. And this week's first uh, segment is brought to us by Patrick, and that is news headlines from around the world in five minutes. Starting now. Hang on a second, wait, I can't find <laughs> up a what? Hang on, wait, okay, Four minutes, my, 87 seconds. <laughs> oh, no, didn't tell me you go tell me. Okay, my first news headline is from December the 23rd of last year. Um, if I can find it on my web pages again, I think I've actually lost the entire page. I'm using an Apple here, so you can oh, see. Oh, yes, yeah, I know that explains and I'm it. I'm pressing and I'm pressing and nothing's happening. Three minutes, 22 seconds. <laughs> no ways. <laughs> I've got my own timer here. Okay, basically the news article is this talking about a hospital in Alexander and how many people have died in it and the terrible conditions. It was in 2009. Um, they had this report and basically all these people slowly died and um, were maltreated and it's horrible. And I thought, oh, great, here goes South Africa again. But no, it wasn't South Africa. It was in Britain. My next article, one I can actually read here, still with hospitals, new strain of winter vomiting bug norovirus. Apparently, there's been a lot of viruses in um, Australia. It is a filthy place. That it, well, it's, uh, they, they're rather surprised that it's been um, evolving. Yes, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, next headline. Now we're going to start picking up speed here. We've got you. Django Unchained Action Figures Outrage US uh, Black Activists. Uh, apparently, the movie's coming out, Django uh, Unchained, and it's about the slaves. Looks awesome, by the way. And you can get little boxed packages of slaves. Yeah, and apparently it's uh, upset them. So I was wondering, is this upsetting them because of um, something wrong with the figurines they portraying it, but apparently just the mere fact that there are figurines is upsetting them because it's taking away from the original slave horror. Uh, it's a reasonable concern, but yeah. Uh, oh. maybe, maybe not entirely reasonable, but mm. carry on. Yeah, no. Anyway. Okay, here's a... In back to Australia again. No, this Tasmania, close to Australia. Close grandfather... <laughs> yeah, grandfather says family by sheltering in the sea to escape lethal Tasmanian wildfires. Nice. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Good job. Fighting fire with water. massive amounts of water. Well, apparently, it's very hot there. They're having the temperatures of 45 degrees centigrade and above. Hmm. Jesus, I thought it was bad 34 here yesterday. Holy crap. It well, is it, bad here. Yeah, that yeah. is bad, yeah. But apparently, the good news is it looks like it's starting to cool down a bit in Australia, which is what my next article was about. We can skip that now. All right, then. Okay, a quick jump into here. Uh, no, here's an interesting one. I think some of you might be following this on news. Girl expelled for refusing to wear RFID badge while she lost her appeal. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, what happened? Basically, what they're doing at the school is all the kids have to wear these badges, this RFID. It's a radio badge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they have to, well, I suppose, monitor where they are so they can't have truancy, they get to where cross and so forth. This is in Texas. Okay. And apparently she doesn't want to wear it because it's a sign of the devil. Oh, Jesus. Well, it is, but that's no excuse. <laughs> well, I, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with her for refusing to wear the badge because fuck them. And, and mm. why should they have any right to make her wear a badge? But also because it's the mark of the beast, that's stupid. Yeah. 
Uh, well, it's not even a mark. It's just a radio beacon. Yeah, it's, it's just a badge. It's not like it's a tattoo or anything like that. It's a metaphorical mark. <laughs> well, a literal metaphorical mark. Yes, I suppose yeah. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the U.S. Uh, District Judge, Orlando Garcia, Orlando Garcia, that's a nice name, rejected her religious argument, saying he thinks she had alternate secular reasons. Yeah, like not wanting to have a badge on her so that people can track her movements. I think that's a pretty legitimate secular reason. I would have thought a decent wall around the school would have been good enough. Yeah. Now look, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a technology guy and I, I get it. I, I, like, I like the idea of being able to track your students. I use Google Latitude so that I can track my friends. It's awesome. But I also recognize that people should have the right to opt out of those yeah, things yeah. if they choose to. You sure. Know? That's not cool that the school is enforcing that. I don't, I don't like that at all. Well, I suppose it also comes down to the question, what do the parents think? Uh, don't the parents want the kids in school? I know in yeah. the UK it's a major problem with truancy and all that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good problem. Well, it's a major problem with school in general. Yes, Kids, that's true. oddly enough, don't like it. Yeah, they, they don't like being forced to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Well, I bet the, the problem is they don't even know what's waiting for them. Ooh, the horror. Adult laugh. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've skipped it. <laughs> yeah, good, good not worthwhile. Yeah, it's for chumps. I tried that, it was crap. So now I've gone back to being a teenager again. It's much better. Oh, okay. Um, next headline. And how's our time doing? I think I've still got four minutes, four and a half minutes. No, no, no. you got like a minute and a half. Go on. Um, UN, at least 52 million do- domestic workers worldwide. It's just basically saying they've done stats and they're looking around. actually much lower than I would have thought. Oh. I was also thinking it was a low number. What was that number again? 52, 52 million. million. That's basically the population of South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that doesn't add up because... Only half of the population in South Africa can be domestic workers. Yeah. So there must be at least like 25 million elsewhere. Wow. <laughs> but I would, I would have thought the U.S., very large population, fairly wealthy. Odds yeah. are a lot of them are going to have. Yeah, you, you think so. Maybe it's just not a cultural thing there. I mean, Maybe. Uh, we often hear about that being like a legacy of apartheid, that everybody has a domestic worker in there. Mm. Oh, well, everybody. Well, white people have domestic no, workers uh, in there. everyone has a... I was just chatting to a friend at work from Zimbabwe. He's yeah. uh, working with us. And he was saying his domestic worker is looking after his kid at home. Wow. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's a South African cultural thing that, that it's just so prolific here. And maybe that's just not the case elsewhere. Mm. Other people mm. do their own dishes and yeah, their just own just ironing. and surprising from, I yeah. guess, from our point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Who would want to do their own ironing? Jesus. It it may also be a matter of definitions. Maybe they're excluding a lot of what we would call a domestic worker. Maybe, they're, maybe they're excluding gardeners and things like yes, that. Yes, yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, anyway. You know, well, they're talking here about the, the fact that they look after the house uh, right. from caring for children to caring for elderly persons with disabilities, wow. range of household tasks. Domestic workers are actually indispensable part of social fabric. Yeah, if, if, if we're including medical carers in there. I would have thought that would push the numbers up quite a lot as well. Yeah, you'd think so. Regardless of cultural factors. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Wow, okay, well then that's a remarkably low mm. number. All right. Well, anyway, they say 90% of them are paid very badly, which is what we all know as well. Yes, yeah, no. No shock there. I don't think I've, no. I mean, I've had domestic workers myself and I don't think I've ever paid them well. Paid them well. Just, uh, yeah, where do you get it? And that's why you're not allowed to have any more. That's true, that's why I've been, uh, I've been banned by the Domestic Workers Society. Guild. It's a guild. Guild. It's a guild. Mm. <laughs> they have a secret handshake. That's true. That's true. Carry on. <clears throat> All right. I suppose the last article. I've actually got a couple of articles, but I think I'm going to squeeze the other one into the main subjects later on. Um, Washington, the Washington National Cathedral, one of the world's largest cathedrals, will begin hosting same-sex marriages. Yay. Awesome. 
Yeah, what, 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 no, carry on. Yeah. Ignore me. I know, yeah, that's sure. nothing else to say. It's they're nice. having same sex marriages. Well, that's good. Apparently, they're saying it's a very good idea because they're discussing something about um, male-female marriages. The church sees a woman as property, so maybe yeah. they're both male. There's no more property. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, or maybe they're they're going after the dink uh, d- demographic, the double income, no kids. Uh, they can afford to put on pretty swanky weddings, I hear. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, fabulous. I, hear. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, yeah, it's like the same problem with the uh, vampires and photography. Yes, that's too true. sparkly. Yes, that's just too sparkly. <laughs> oh no. Okay, listeners, I don't know if I got oh. through anything there interesting. That's but probably about five yeah, minutes. It's an in- interesting yeah. selection. Wide variety. Awesome. All right, well, shall we move on to our next segment? And this one is brought to us by Chris. Yeah, uh, another little experimental thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game that you can play along with. And you can play along with it at home as well. Nice. Except you can't play along with it at home as well this week oh. because it kind of needs homework and, and setup and stuff which oh. you haven't had yet. Okay. But from this week onwards, you will be able to play along at home. Can't we ask the uh, listeners to perhaps pause the podcast? Don't stop it. Don't yeah, uh, yeah. don't go away. Come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But pause it. Go look at the show notes, and there's that, a link that's there. True. That's true. If you yeah. re- if you really desperately want to get involved for the first attempt, you're welcome to follow Mr. Patrick's advice. That's a good plan. Um, but yes, this game, which I'm calling Citation Needed, nice, is a fairly simple format. Um, I pick a, an interesting science news article um, and give everyone the link to it, so everybody knows what's uh, involved in it and and can read through it at their leisure and and be well prepared for this. Then I'm going to give a short one paragraph summary of the article that I, I write myself beforehand mm-hmm. and hidden somewhere in that article is something which is not true, something which I've made up, ah. something which the article doesn't support and which to my knowledge isn't supported by anything. Nice. And the point of the game is to catch me out on that. Ah, okay. okay. Now it's homework with a test the next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you fail, you have to visit me in my office. <laughs> then you die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week's episode, uh, um, this week's what are we calling this thing? Citation needed is the name. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, we need some kind of a jingle for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah Citation I'll... needed. Um, <laughs> possibly something that doesn't break the microphones. Yeah, something like that. But uh, it's a story titled "Wide Binary Stars Wreak Havoc in Planetary Systems," ah. which is very dramatic and bold and exciting. And uh, this is my little summary for it. See if you can catch the made-up bullshit part. Astrophysicists have shown in simulations that more widely spaced binary stars will disturb the planets orbiting them much more than pairs of stars that stay close to each other. While tight pairs may produce a strong combined gravitational field, it's at least fairly static and reliable, with the pair making nice neat circles around each other, allowing planets to orbit around them in fairly predictable ways. But, when two stars are widely separated, they're more likely to develop highly uh, eccentric orbits around each other, ultimately rushing towards each other and then gradually pulling away. These relatively sudden, over millions of years, um, changes in the system's gravitational field can easily ruin the nice, neat, uh, circle-shaped orbits of any of the planets there. Uh Uh, This causes strong tidal forces that can break planets up into smaller asteroids, while the outermost planets, in the region of about 10 AU, uh, from the center of the system, can be thrown completely clear um, and scattered out into the rest of the galaxy. All right. So it's an interesting uh, story. Yes. What did I, I make think, up? 
I think I'm going to where do, I, where do Where do I need to have a citation? Hmm. Um, okay, you said something about uh, about the stars being uh, far apart, moving apart, uh, moving together quickly, and then moving apart slowly. I don't see why that would be the case. I'm going to put my citation needed after that sentence. Okay, Patrick. Um, you're talking about millions of years. Um, I read another article, which we'll get to, that was talking about billions of years. Where do you get the idea of millions of years? How do we record it? How do we know it's millions of years? Well, it's, it's from simulations, um, and it will all, all depend on exactly all, all the variables. How big are the stars? How big are the planets? How Exactly how far apart do they start, and what relative velocities do they all start with? So there's quite a bit of room for room for error there. Um, I am, however, not going to mess around with, with you know small little fidgety changes in, in numbers. I'm not going to say, aha, it was 102 <laughs> instead of 101.99999 or something like that. Damn. Um, the, the millions and billions thing, um, I hope you didn't catch me on a second mistake there because I don't think that's a relevant <laughs> one. Um, I, I, I was suggesting there that the, the, the quickest these changes are going to happen will be over a period of millions of years. Uh, you are right, though, that these things do continue to evolve over billions of years, and, and um, um, obviously you'll see bigger, more dramatic changes over longer periods of time. But I was trying to imply there that, that the shortest, um, the, 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 the relative shortest periods you can have there is going to be millions of years. Does that make sense? Yeah, now I've okay. got you there. All right, uh, Owen. Um, the uh, rushing towards and then slowly pulling away. Um, I have been a little bit vague there with, with uh, my, my terminology. I, I should really have said um, accelerated towards and then decelerated as, as they pull apart. Um, basically, they're, they're, they're sort of falling towards each other and then missing and then, um, I suppose, flying upwards away from each other is, is the best way to think about it. And that, that's more or less true. The, the catch in this one was the phrase, uh, this causes strong tidal forces that can break planets up into smaller asteroids. No mention of breaking up planets anywhere in the region. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And yeah, base, basically tidal forces are um, the... It, it, it's, it's basically a difference between two forces that one, one body is experiencing. When you've got right. um, different parts of it at, at obviously different distances from the source of gravity that's pulling on them, mm. they're going to experience different strengths of gravity and that'll pull them apart. There's no particular reason to think that having your stars further apart is yeah. going to cause greater tidal force on a planet somewhere between them. Yeah, that's true. We're still talking about distances in, in, in AUs, not in hundreds sure, or sure. thousands of kilometers. Exactly, yeah. So it, there will always be tidal forces, but they're going to be relatively small. I don't think there's any good reason to think this is going to rip things apart. Yeah, yeah. But it does play interesting snooker or pool or billiards or whichever you want to call this uh, with, with just scattering planets around. And it's interesting awesome. to think that a lot of rogue planets yeah. might have come from these, these widely spaced binary systems. Yes, that's true. That's true. It's yeah. like... Uh, Angry Birds Space. Okay. Uh, never played it. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, where the citation was needed. Nice. And uh, for next week, uh, everyone listening at home can go look at the show notes about an article about uh, how the tricorder is closer to reality. Well, that's obvious. It's obviously true. Well, it's always closer to reality. But yes, yeah, yeah. Where, where will the citation be needed? Ah, that's the trick. All right. So, uh, so yes, we'll post that link in the, the show notes. Go yeah. take a look. And then... Uh, and then next week we'll have Chris uh, give us his pricey, and then we'll, sure. we'll tell where, sure. where the citations yeah. ended. Um, very first game, victory to me. Yes, Chris wins. Kapla. Nice one, nice <laughs> one. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, I pretty much did exactly what I did in um, school. 
failed my homework again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. All right. Let's go on to the news. Welcome to Consilience, an African science podcast, brought to you from Johannesburg, South Africa. Consilience is a weekly podcast dedicated to promoting reason, skepticism, and a scientific worldview in Africa and beyond. All right then, so uh, first up in this week's news, we have a story about how Gambia is going to slaughter AIDS patients. Are they going to actually slaughter AIDS patients? Is that the aim of it? Um, kind of. So, so here's the details, right? So the, the Gambian government is opening a hospital to treat AIDS patients. That sounds good. It does sound good. Problem is, they'll only be treated with herbs and spices, no actual medicine. Uh, will they be delicious? They probably will be. All right, so, so will Gambia, it be more than 11 herbs and spices? That I don't know. That, that seems to be something of a secret. So, so Gambia is a, a smallish country on Africa's west coast. It's, uh, it's on the Atlantic Ocean, on the, on its western border is the Atlantic Ocean. And then all the, the, the rest of its borders are all surrounded by Senegal. So it's like a little bite mm. that's taken out of Senegal. It's, it's, it's in what I would call the butt of Africa. Yes, it is definitely the butt of Africa. Um, and the, uh, the Gambian president, Yaya, that's as far as I can. That's his name. Yeah. That's Yaya Jameh. He said in 2007 that he had personally discovered a cure for AIDS consisting of boiled herbs. And he's been working ever since then to create a hospital that delivers this mysterious cocktail to his own citizens to save them from AIDS, which is very altruistic of him if he wasn't full of shit. So um, it should be noted that they tr- they at this hospital, they plan to treat patients only with Jemez herbal brew and not with antiretrovirals or any other interventions that have a chance of actually working. Well, mm. I suppose at least it's a small little hospital on the side. Well, it, it's going to have 1,111 oh, beds. Hell, yeah, this, this is, this is going to be a major state effort yeah. if, if the this president is himself is... Which is, which is a weird number. I wonder why it's got 1111 beds. That's a bit weird. And it's, uh, it's, it's scheduled to open in 2015. So, hmm. yeah, bad things are about to happen in Gambia. Yeah, and that's a screw-up if I've yeah. ever seen one happening. Yeah. And uh, as you might expect, the, the World Health Organization and the United Nations have stated this guy is fucking crazy. Yeah, this this so. seems like a, a prime yeah. opportunity for some organizations similar to South Africa's uh, treatment action campaign. Yes, indeed. To, yeah. to start springing up there and deal with this before it gets completely out of hand. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, of course, when I said that the World Health Organization and the UN said that, I'm uh, paraphrasing. That's not mm-hmm. an actual quote. They didn't actually say this guy is fucking crazy. But I they s- might as well have. Uh, yeah, I see they've got about 2% of the countries, uh, roughly 1.8 million people are infected. Well, as uh, as African so, countries go, that's not the worst uh, no, infection so, rate. So, uh, yeah, you've got to wonder what the guy's motives are. Because it's possible he genuinely believes that he's, you know, super doctor man president who can cure everyone with his yeah. um, potpourri but i don't know it's, no. it's quite likely he's he's sidestepping a problem or it could be yeah mm. I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm i'm not sure whether he's the uh the idiom in type guy looking at a photo of him he's kind of he's got the crazy eyes so it wouldn't surprise me if he's the idiom in type or, or if he's the uh the pol pot type who's, who's just trying to divert people away from uh from actual medicine because of limited resources and, and, and that kind of thing. It's got a nice looking hat there. I don't know if that will help. He does have a nice hat. Um, 
Yeah, so maybe nice that. white starched hat. Yeah, yeah, it's a it is a very good hat. Lucy's so, hat. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll post a photo of him in the, in the show notes, and you can see the crazy eyes and the very nice hat. All oh right. dear, I see he's also got the finger. You all know that finger from the uh, past South African history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I recognize that finger. Is he holding a spear there as well? Some it's a spear or a wooden spoon. I can't quite tell. Oh, some kind of a, a stick that's been fashioned. Oh, wait. I, I get it. He's, uh, this is a chef's costume. He's dressed <laughs> as a chef. Yeah, he's going to cook up his yeah, um, herbs. To, yeah, he's about to cook up his herbal brew. All right. Fair enough. All right. So our next story is about uh, Labrador-sized dinosaurs that walked the earth 243 million years ago. I'd be slightly more impressed if they were dinosaur-sized Labradors, but carry on. <laughs> 243 million years ago. A dinosaur the size of a Labrador Retriever walked the Earth. Okay, so that's not news. Uh, there are lots of dinosaurs, all big and small and all that. Um, mm-hmm. It would probably have stood upright and lived in Lake Nassau in Tanzania. Tanzania? Oh, yes, that's also. Where is Tanzania, Patrick? Where is that? It's in Africa. Yes, no, that's true. Near the crack, but not quite. Or uh, on the complete opposite side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's up there near near Kenya. Ah, yeah. it's the uh, east coast. East coast. Yeah, I'm like an American here. <laughs> yeah, it's like Zanzibar. Zanzibar, Zanzibar is just off the coast of Tanzania. So if you know Zanzibar because it's a fabulous place to go on holiday, then uh, then you know Tanzania. That's the place. Yeah. It's fossilized upper arm and six vertebrae date from a few million years after the Permian Triassic mass extinction. So I think the reason we put this here is that six vertebrae mm-hmm. and a, a, a fossilized upper arm. Mm. And they can tell all this about it. And I've yeah. noticed in a lot of uh, the dinosaurs, um, the paleontology and all that, they use very little. They have to extrapolate mm-hmm. quite far. That's true. Sure. Yeah. No, and, and they can do that with, with a, a fairly high degree of, of reliability. I mean, the, the way they do that is, is they... Uh, that they have some fairly complete specimens of, of certain species, and then they'll find little bits and pieces of another species that looks similar enough to a species they already know that they can probably make some reliable assumptions about how mm-hmm. big it was in relation to the the one that they already know. Of course, you, you can't account for for weird anomalies like um, like you can't account for a species that had an anomalously long neck, like a giraffe. If you only had a giraffe's uh, sh- a shin bone and a horse's shin bone, you might assume that a horse was just a, gir- yeah, a giraffe is just a big, to, yeah. big horse, but it's not. You know, it's obviously mm-hmm. quite different. Yeah, but if you think of um, a really good example is a lot of the early human ancestor mm. uh, remains that they found. Uh, I think Lucy, there's there's not much to her. Yes, You're that's just true. her foot um, as far as I know, Lucy's foot. No, I, th- I think there's a skull. Lucy's a skull, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Lucy's a skull. Little, 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 little foot, foot is a yeah, yeah, foot, yeah. yeah. Um, and yet those, we've got a fairly good idea of, of uh, what they are, based partly on, on living things like humans and chimps and yeah, yeah. apes in general, but also other fossils that are before those and after those and around those that are similar. So it, it's it's entirely possible. Tricky, and yeah. obviously occasionally you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. but the but, mistakes are probably less, yeah, less common that's, that's, than getting it right. Yeah, I suppose this also shows us how amazing, when they do find a complete <laughs> fossil or a sure, relatively sure. complete fossil, how amazing and... Especially those rare, um, yeah. rare those mm. things are. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's always nice to have another African dinosaur because that's pretty cool. And it's a nice little. It's, it's quite kind of cute. I wouldn't mind having one of these as a pet. Yeah. To go with your actual Labrador. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They have like a matching set. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I see they got the small arms again. Yeah, but they're not as, they're not as tiny as a T Rex. Yeah. Actually, they're well, probably probably but, actually but, smaller, but yes, yeah. relatively <laughs> about the same size. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 All right then. Awesome. 
And now we also have a study about how lion populations are plummeting as, as their habitat disappears. Study shows lion population plummeting as habitats disappears. Mm -hmm. um, basically, it's discussing how um, over the last 50 years, the um, decline of the lion population has gone from 100,000 down to about 32,000. Wow. Where, whereabouts is that? Is that all lions everywhere or just in a particular region? Um, it's basically was after um, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service did some mm. studies. Okay. And this is what they announced. That the African lion uh, should be listed as an endangered species because there's so few of them. African lion is a species. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In in interesting. The U.S. wildlife people are yeah. doing research on that. I noticed right. that. Uh, we didn't yeah. seem to hmm. pay much attention to it. So. Yeah, you'd think we would have noticed that the lions are dying out. Yeah, but maybe it's more of the wild lions as opposed to those mm -hmm. in the parks because yeah, those in the true. parks are sort of rationed so that yeah. they don't kill out all the other species sure. in the enclosed area. Yeah, It may also be that local researchers are uh, a little obsessed at the moment with rhinos. Yeah, um, yeah, right. Rhinos are... are may, maybe not drawing as much uh, research to other yeah. species. Rhinos yeah, are yeah. perhaps a little, you, little more charismatic than lions, which is surprising. Yeah, well, yeah. they're horny. They're horny I, so. I, I, think, I, th I think that's... Uh, <laughs> I think it's pretty much just a trend thing. Yeah. It's a fad. Yeah, that's um, probably true. But the real sad news about rhinos, thank you for ruining my day. Mm -hmm. We are now on the, what's today's date? The 9th of yeah. the uh, month, a uh, year, month, 9th. Uh, we already had, <laughs> you're right, it's both. We already had two rhinos killed this year. Mm. In, in South Africa. In South Africa. Yeah, there were two others killed in Zimbabwe earlier the week as well. So yeah, awesome start to the year. Thanks guys. Thanks traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah. And lack of skeptical thinking. Yeah. Guys. Send your nail clippings to the uh, <laughs> Chinese embassy. Yeah, send them in. Send them in. And uh, speaking of Zimbabwe, um, uh, something else happened in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Well, it was a couple of weeks ago now. Something to cheer us up. Yes, yeah. It was a, a, a Zimbabwean prophet uses the power of Jesus to rape a woman. Hmm. Which, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what you use the power of Jesus for. So, uh, Well, that's what all the priests do, don't they? Well, kind of, yeah. So, so this guy, his name is um, Alfred Makuromidze of uh, Mutare in uh, Zimbabwe, and he's been accused of raping a woman in the name of exorcising her. So not exorcising, he didn't take her to the gym. Exorcising is in trying to remove demons. So uh, Alfred is a, a self-proclaimed prophet of the Johanne Masoe apostolic sect. And he was walking around one evening dressed in his church garb. Uh, to our, our non-Southern African listeners, uh, walking around in church garb is not unusual here. You, you, uh, it's not surprising to see somebody walking around in a, a colorful robe. Um, if, if that person was anywhere else, if they were in the Southern U.S., you might think that they were a member of the clan. Or, or hmm. Actually, I suppose or, it's a similar sort of tradition. I suppose it, is. <laughs> it hmm. probably has similar roots. So, uh, a, a lot of these, these apostolic sects have these very brightly colored uniforms, uh, white robes or, or red or blue or green. Um, and it's not at all unusual to see people walking walking home. Especially or, or, on a Sunday. Yes, it's honestly. actually so un not unusual that you can probably drive down most main roads in South Africa. Hmm. And on the side of the road, you'll see a small gathering of people holding their church. They're all dressed yes. in white or mm -hmm. in blue. Yeah. Spotless. Because we're, we're crazy and exotic down there. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, a, a sort of an in, informal church uh, tradition yeah. that, that's kind of a bit of an amalgamation with, with European Christianity and, and some uh, some more uh, localized uh, uh, beliefs. Um, and, and it's... Uh, the, the members of the church will, will most of them or all of them will dress up in these uniforms. It's not just a, a thing that the, the, the deacons or the, or the clergy will do. It's like a, a something that everyone does. So, yeah, not surprising to see somebody walking around in his uh, church garb. And uh, he walked up to a woman named Cecilia Mangawara. 
And Alfred told Cecilia that the spirit had informed him that she had been possessed by many demons and that he would need all night to exercise them. It's uh, it's not clear which spirit told him that. I, I suspect it may have been his penis. Um, he instructed her to follow him to his house and he bound and gagged her and then raped her and then set her free about half an hour later. And uh, having come to her senses, she uh, went directly to the nearest police station and reported the crime. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alfred was arrested and charged with rape and he's pending trial. Well, at least he was arrested. That's that's Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You must have read this article a bit more. It's worse than it sounds. Yeah. It's a lot frigging worse than it sounds. A rising number of fake prophets huh. are raping unsuspect, unsuspecting well, women. Fake prophets. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared it's to believe he's a, he's a real prophet. It's <laughs> becoming a cause for concern. Yeah. 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 Yeah, the, the police have issued a warning uh, to the, the public in the area saying that they must watch out for, for fake prophets. And that's uh, I think that's pretty good advice, actually. Um, watch out for all people claiming to be prophets, really. That's mm, pretty sure, much sure. what you should be doing. That's uh, that's good advice. But this also worries me. Um, in the Middle East and uh, other parts of India, we see a lot of these uh, religious fanatics raping women and young girls and stuff. I, d- and I, d- I don't think there's even anything particularly geographical about it because yeah. you, you look at uh, the, the the Irish uh, yeah. with with the the Catholic, the, the Catholic church, church yeah. the Catholic church everywhere basically yeah. uh, I was reading a thing not too long ago about uh, I think it was some some Buddhist priest uh, in hmm, where was it quite, quite far East Asia somewhere anyway. hmm. similar sorts of behavior yeah. all over the world all religions yeah. it, it's it's just people who have this authority over yeah. others yeah. which is not particularly earned in any way you just have to you know Claim to speak to the invisible man in the sky yeah. enough. Put on a funny hat. Or, or you know, wear, wear sufficient hats, true. Yeah. And you get people to do things for you. You yeah. get authority, you get power. Yeah, um, that's true. And not surprising at all, people will abuse that. Yeah. And I, I think props to, to uh, Cecilia for uh, for recognizing that she had, in fact, been raped, that this mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. A, a, an actual exorcism, and go, and for her to go and report the thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because she, she I, I imagine, will get a certainly some kind of backlash from, from people who don't want to yes. um, oppose him or or, yeah. uh, uh, or are actually trying to still get uh, favors of some sort from him. Right, exactly. Um, uh, she, she, she could certainly have some trouble with this. Yeah, and it's probably difficult for a believer to, to even get from the position of, okay, this man is a religious leader, he wants to help me, he's doing this thing to me. Um, to, from getting from, from a position of believing that to, holy shit, this guy has raped me. Mm. I mean, that that... that requires a, a, a fair degree of, of clarity of thought and and um, I'm glad for Cecilia that she was able to recognize that I mean to, to, to sure. come out of this this paradigm of this this guy is obviously just trying to hurt the demon inside me to holy crap this guy's taken advantage of me and uh, yeah good for her yeah good yeah. for Cecilia let's hope her, um, she has only the best from here indeed quite right uh, something cherry yes yeah I uh, see we have a story about fake crap fake crap yeah because you're uh, skeptics what do we ever talk about uh, other than fake crap? That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, this this is this is the realest fake crap I've ever heard of. Oh really? Um, researchers at the University of Guelph. 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 Um, Guelph in in uh, uh, Canada. The Hogwarts. Oh, oh, Canada. Yeah. All right. Okay. It's 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 my favorite Canadian university. It's <laughs> um, my favorite now too, actually. Yeah. I, I, I have several friends who studied there. Really. Um, <laughs> Uh, it sounds like a fictional place, like Uzbekistan. There, there are actually two Guelphs in the world. If we wow. can just divert it to something completely irrelevant, <laughs> there's, there's there's Guelph. I think it's in Ontario, uh, yeah. and Guelph, New Mexico. Wow. 
So you can either have deserty sand or frosty pine trees, whichever you prefer. Wow, I don't even... Guelph, Guelphs for all seasons. <laughs> I'm having a hard time believing in either of them. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. I don't know, this story is becoming very crap if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's just delve deeper in. <laughs> You're researchers at the University of Guelph in Canada, I think. Pretty sure it's the Canadian one. Have developed a synthetic stool, um, as in turd or, or piece of crap, wow. to function as a super probiotic. Uh, and they're calling this repopulate. <laughs> Yogurt! <laughs> to repopulate. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love scientists. That's yeah. so cool. Um, the reason this is useful is that uh, there are some diseases, uh, and in this case, they're, they're looking at um, C. difficile, I believe it's called. Mm. Um, which is a very nasty um, digestive uh, um, uh, bacteria. Okay. Um, they need to be treated with a lot of antibiotics to get rid of them. Um, but this can kill off too many of your your good, useful gut bacteria. Right, right. Uh, the ones that help you digest food. That's true. Um, and that's bad because yeah. then you can't digest food. Um, and causes all sorts of other complications. There's, there's, there's many, many problems with this. Right. Um, and one of the possible solutions to this, which has been used fairly successfully in the past, is a uh, fecal transplant. Right, yes. Yeah. Where, you, where you take gut bacteria from a normal, healthy uh, person um, through their feces, yeah. because some of it will, will always get uh, moved along that way, um, and transplant that into the sick person's um, system and... Yeah hope that the, the, the bacteria take root there and, and so, so repopulate. Just, so just to clarify, you're taking poop out of one person and putting it into another person? Approximately, yes. Yeah. So, uh, there so there, there are steps but, between. But, but, but not like two girls, one cup, not like that. You know, I've never seen it, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. So you, you can legi- legitimately call that person full of shit? Um, well, no, you don't full. So they, 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 they are, I would imagine, about... Uh, Two or two or three percent extra full of shit than they were oh, before. Oh, that's not. So but this, this, not is just, this is just me guessing off the top of my head. Yeah, the yeah. point is, you're not using very large quantities. You're, oh, you're just I taking a, a very small blob, as it were. Just enough. Just enough to 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 root the uh, useful gut bacteria it's not back into a pill the system. Anything, eh? Um, I'm not actually entirely sure what it it's looks like when you take it. Um, I, I think it's actually some kind of suppository, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, I would imagine so. But anyway, the, the, the point with repopulate is that it's it's not using biologically made um, um, uh, fecal matter. Uh-huh. It's it's just um, an artificial medium that kind of stands in as a, a sort of a, a simulation. Wow. Um, something that serves the same purpose, but you don't have to crap out of someone. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, it has uh, several advantages because yeah. it's, it's easy enough to grow the bacteria in a bacterial farm. Right. You, oh, you right. can get bacteria fine. It says here it's grown in a robo-gut. No, no, that, that, that's, that's the bacteria, yeah. Uh, yeah. In a robo-gut. I was, I, was, I was hoping when I originally read that that, that the, the, um, uh, the substitute stool was, was, was made by a robotic <laughs> stomach as well. But no, I think, I think that's just ma- made in a, I don't know, a, a, a easy bake oven or something. Oh, I am disappointed. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's really useful to doctors because it gives you a medium that you can use to transfer the bacteria that's much more easily regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know exactly what all the, the physical properties are going to be because you've chosen what the ingredients are. It's so not just whatever the person happens to eat. Right. Um, and whatever digestive processes they happen to have. I see here it's also saying that they, um, it's easier to modify to suit individuals. Sure, yeah, yeah. You can you can customize oh. a bit better as well because you're 
building it all intentionally instead of just harvesting what already exists. Mm, right, right. Uh, but I think the most important step with this is that uh, you can, because you're building it from scratch, you can avoid inserting any unwanted extra organisms, especially ah. dangerous extra diseases. Right, right. Um, so what you're putting into the person is nothing but the good ba- um, only, bacteria that you want. Only the good poop. Yeah, pretty much. Good crap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is good all, all shit. The, all the <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there's, there's a much better chance of it taking root properly and, and being useful. Nice. Um, their initial test has only been with two people, mm. um, with C. diff. Um, but both of them had really dramatic improvements, and the basic concept sounds pretty reasonable. So yep, ho- yep. hopefully this is something that can... Um, okay, so there's only two people that have done this test on, but that's already a human trial. So I'm wondering yeah. how the previous trials went. I suppose it was good enough to get into human you mean, trials you mean already. rat trials or something? Yeah, rat yeah. trials I, I didn't see a mention of that. All that. But yeah. You don't usually go straight into human sure, trials. Sure, sure, yeah, it's right. a little unusual. I imagine they were, but I didn't see anything in the article about it and, and didn't, didn't specifically think of that. Nice. I think a citation is um, needed there. <laughs> <laughs> point point to Mr. Sill. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's awesome. it's nice. You you can have fake crap. So it's nice to have fake yeah. crap fake crap. Yeah, <laughs> not face crap. Not face crap, no, that's a different thing. Alright. That's that's something that you buy on very market. Um all right. Well uh, that is all the news we have for this week. Um shall we move on to our sci fi or fantasy quote for the week? Huh? I think Patrick's got one for us. I did find something uh, after the hard work, diligence, uh, doing some homework. <laughs> um, I found something. This is from the Farscape uh, TV series. Love Farscape. It was a brilliant series. It's Still uh, never seen it. Oh, You've never so seen good. it. So I've got, got it at home. I'll get around to it. Nice, nice. It's, it's great. Um, okay, the quote. I've been around long enough to know how ignorant I am. I don't assume the universe obeys my preconceptions. Huh? Sorry, it says Hassan. <laughs> but I know a thrilling fact when it hits me in the face. Nice. Yep. It was said by Rigel, who's nice. a sort of like a little gremlin type creature. Yes. Yeah, it's a good quote. Yeah, it's a I good like one. it. It's awesome. He's like, he's like a little uh, ill tempered Yoda. Ill tempered, obnoxious yes. Yoda. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well, let's move on to our announcements. First, we'll look at Pretoria. On the uh, the 26th of January, um, we've got Skeptics in the Pub in Pretoria. So that's Skeptics in the Pub, Saturday, the 26th of January, 12.30. They haven't decided on what the venue is going to be for that one yet. Uh, so pay attention to the Google Plus event, and it'll be announced when the time comes. Yeah. Okay, I've got another little announcement a little bit higher up there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're Consilience want to include you, the that's listener. True. That's true, we do. How may you ask? We've got no idea. <laughs> we would like to hear your ideas. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Should, should we be doing more gamey things? Would you like us to read out your emails? Have you got questions and things for us? Uh, what else can they do? Perhaps yeah. a competition that they can enter from one week to another. Yeah. We ask a question or have a little puzzle or something, and you can perhaps submit your o- answers. Offer cash yeah. prizes of up to three <laughs> rand. <laughs> sure, aren't you the rich yeah. dude? <laughs> and if you're willing to sponsor those prizes, also give <laughs> drop us an email. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a ten rand entry fee. Ten rand entry fee. Oh, no, um, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Ad- administrative costs must oh. be covered. Yes, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, the, the postage and whatnot. <laughs> so, uh, yes, if, if you've got some ideas or questions or feedback of any kind, uh, drop us a me- an email at conciliancecast at gmail.com, conciliancecast at gmail.com, or you can drop us a comment on our blog or on our uh, Google Plus page, or you can just post a comment in the Karting Skeptics. Oh, no, let me not mention that. Post a comment in the uh, 
or just about anywhere, really, if you find Consilience Podcast uh, the, and post a comment, it will find its way back to us, and yeah. we will uh, we'll address that, and we'll, we'll, we'll take it under advisement. Yeah, I, I would suggest that the, the means of getting the message to us is not as important as the message. Yes, indeed. Don't, don't hesitate. We're easy to reach. Just don't try to phone me, because that won't work. <laughs> just about any other way, you can reach me, and uh, it'll be awesome, and we, we're eager to hear what you guys have to say. All right, so uh, we've got some links of the week. Chris, have you got a link for us this week? Um, I was told to, and therefore I do. Nice. I have got here a, a lovely link to a lovely uh, lecture, nice. um, which is uh, just a freely available on YouTube, mm -hmm. by Dr. Albert Bartlett, hmm. um, who I gather is a mathematician by trade. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's a fairly, fairly sim simple, straightforward lecture. It's not meant for a um, very advanced audience. It's... it's um, meant for public consumption. Right. Uh, it's about eight, 80 minutes long um, okay. in, in, in several parts. So you can you can take it in, in small doses or all in one go, whatever you prefer. Nice. Uh, and it's on the mathematics of population growth and overpopulation. And ah. he, he uses some, some very, very simple analogies and, and not complicated maths at all. Very basic maths that he explains right at the start and never gets more complicated than that. Um, just explaining why overpopulation is a problem, why it's an unavoidable problem um, if, if you choose to ignore it, um, and why it's important to deal with it. Um, and he, he focuses mainly on resource consumption, uh, oh, yeah. oil and coal, and uh, I think those are the main mm -hmm. uh, things he focuses on. But the same math applies to any um, growth and demand kind of a problem. So right, it's, right. It's, it's definitely very interesting, very good as an introductory thing. Awesome. Very good for educating people who haven't touched on this before. Excellent. Sounds good. Sounds good. Patrick, have you got a link of the week for us? Link what? Li oh, wait, hang on a second. More homework again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, um, I panicked a little bit and I went for the easy link this week. Oh, yeah. Um, Encyclopedia of Life. Uh, oh. E.O. Wilson suggested once a few years ago mm -hmm. um, to have all the species online on the internet. Yes. And they're doing it. They've actually now got... Uh, well, sort of like a wiki page, mm -hmm. um, eol.org. Nice. Encyclopedia of Life, uh, eol.org. Mm -hmm. And basically, you can go find it's a one species per page, and you nice. can go read about the species. Some of them have got lots of details and stories mm -hmm. and articles and movies, and some of them is just a listing of the species. But uh, awesome. certainly got some of the best pictures I've seen of some creatures and oh, worms and grubs and Bigfoots and pro unicorns. Probably, probably a, a really no, Bigfoots. All, all wikis are nice to just hit the random button, but I imagine that's a particularly good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes, good. very much so. Well, you'll probably end up seeing a lot of beetles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Also, it's <laughs> quite no, there, there are some weird beetles. That's true. There are some, it's, are it's some beautiful Bright beetles. colors and funny shapes. Yes, that's true. That's true. So. What's also nice is they've got a bit of audience participation. Um, about once a month or once a week, they send out a subject, things that fly or things that eat ah, other things or nice. things that look horrible or ugly. And everyone gets to send in their pictures and that gets added to the webpage. Oh, cool. Actually, make it a competition. That's a great way to get people to submit content oh, to a wiki. Awesome. Yeah, clever. It's brilliant. And That's Owen, our oh. fearless leader here today, hmm. have you got any links for us? I do have a link. And... Um, it's, I'm quite excited about it because uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Google Plus, which is the best social media uh, platform on the internet. <coughs> <coughs> That's fine. Cough what you like. I'll just edit it out. <laughs> I have absolute control. Um, Google Plus released their new uh, communities feature, which is um, 
it's, it's similar in principle to Facebook groups, only just better because it's in Google Plus. And uh, we, uh, we, by we, I mean I, wasted no time in setting up a Gauteng Skeptics Google Plus community, um, which is is not the same as the South African Skeptics one on on, uh, on Facebook. It's uh, it's kind of more localized, specifically for the Gauteng guys. So and it's nicer. It is nicer, and it's a it's a nice place where we can post our our local skeptics in the pubs and and that kind of thing. Um, so if. Ignore me, I'm just on crap. So if you are a skeptic in the Gauteng area, or if you are interested in what Gauteng skeptics do, then you should head over to the Google Plus community, and I promise I will approve your request to join. Also worth noting that uh, that's a great way to get yourself invited to the um, Skeptics in the Parks and P um, Pubs meetings. Indeed, yes. So all the invitations go out directly to there. You, you no longer have to be in my circles. You can now just join the community and everyone gets invited to all of the Gauteng events. So nobody has to know you have anything to do with that. That's true. That's true. You don't have to associate with me in public at all. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, uh, that's all the content we've got for you guys. Um, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, still usually at uh, fjordsofafrica.blogspot.com. Nice. And uh, Patrick, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found anywhere and everywhere where all the good social media sites are. So Google Plus then? Google Plus, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. Uh, the, the other social media sites too. MySpace. MySpace. Oh, no, 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 no. But maybe. I can't remember. No. <laughs> Instagram. Yeah. Insta no. Funny enough, no, not on Instagram. I never got into it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because my face is not really known for launching a thousand anything, oh. or because you like clear pictures where you can actually see what's yeah. going on. I think I think I used Instagram once. I I used it to create the profile picture that I currently use for all my social media sites. That was like the only time I've ever used it, and that came out quite nice. But I don't see have any reason to use it for anything else. Well, you certainly may not have had it there, but definitely don't have any use for it now. No, definitely not. Because now I've got my profile picture. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. Okay. So. Anyway, on the internet, good social media f sites, look for my username, the Mist 1971 That's T-H-E-M-Y-S-T-1971. Nice. And sometimes I forgot to do the 1971, so you can also find me as T-H-E-M-Y-S-T. Yeah. And you, Owen, have you, are you on the internet anyway? I am on the internet. You can find me on Google+. Plus. Um, you, you don't even have to go to plus.google.com. You can just go to Google, and you can type in my name, Owen Smart, and like the first page of results is all me. So you can just click on any one of those things and you'll find me. I think we need to engineer a new thing to come up in the first spot there. <laughs> you wanna, just you want, haven't decided what. You want to Google bomb me. Yeah. Good luck. Um, so yeah, that's all we have for you this week. Thanks, yeah, thanks to my co-hosts and to you, the listeners. Be sure to join us again next week for more Consilience. listening to Consilience. Our website is conciliancecast.wordpress.com and you can send us an email to conciliancecast at gmail.com. Theme music is The Optimist by Zoe Keating from freemusicarchive.org.